right. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Fight Like a Lion, a podcast to empower the to empower the athletic community of Southeastern Louisiana University. Just trying to help our student athletes reach their highest potential in competition in the classroom and in the community. I'm Paige LeBlue, and this afternoon with me are Miss Hallie Rowe, one of our soccer players here at Southeastern. Hallie, welcome. Thank you. Happy to have you. And Mr. Justin Bice, who is head of our compliance department here at Southeastern. Thank you, Paige, for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so today we are going to tackle the um, the Im- topic that a lot of folks are very curious about, NIL. And um, maybe, Justin, we'll just let you kind of just open it up by just telling us what the heck is NIL for folks that don't know. Yeah, so NIL um, came about uh, summer of 21 with the Ed O'Bannon uh, lawsuit against the NCAA um, and NIL being an acronym for name, image, and likeness. Um, you can think of that essentially as a influencer or social media um, realm of where you, the student athlete, is now given the ability to earn compensation off of their name, image, and likeness, something that did not exist before as it did for other students, other individuals in the community. Now that being changed allows the student athlete to go and take advantage of opportunities, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's influencing a product, or maybe they have their own business or signing autographs or have a apparel deal. They can now take that, run with it, and make money using their own name, image, and likeness. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And wow, now that kind of gets my, you know, gears turning. And Hallie, you may have known people that I I see this with like social media and people Mm -hmm. that are influencers and how um, they kind of get products for free. Mm -hmm. And so Justin, you're saying they can get even more than that, that they can actually get paid. Right. Yep, and we we see that um, across the board, um, whether it be product trade for promoting a product or you become a brand ambassador for a brand or product and you promote that um, on on an occasion, weekly, daily, whatever you set that up as. And you may see that from some of the most profitable ones across the across the country in that realm but we all know influencers that that's been that's existed for a while now with social media and now just recently since the change of NIL rules now you see that roll over into student athletes so generally you see the student athletes with the highest following on social media the highest content those are the ones that are getting the larger brand ambassador deals uh, to promote products or, or a company. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I'm, I'm going to go way back, and this isn't NIL, but back in the day, right? Athletes have always kind of, you know, um, promoted brands, if you will. I'm thinking of like, you know, who was on the Wheaties box? Exactly. Lots <laughs> you of go back historically, <laughs> like you know, um, and so professional athletes have been, you know, we're accustomed to that in American society, but now we're seeing it. We're going to see it with college athletes, and how is that, or will that? I guess is the question. Change 
the atmosphere and the and just the whole culture of collegiate athletics. We're definitely in a different age. Um, we have the the pre-COVID, the COVID era, the post-COVID era now, and then you add into the NIL era. Um, and I think just with social media in general, um, if you were a student athlete in the early 2000s, 90s, completely different than being a student athlete now. More time demands, more, um, just more off the field, on the field, the more exposure, more expectations. Um, a lot comes with being a student athlete now that maybe didn't exist just a couple of decades ago. And you bring up a really good point, and, and Hallie can attest to this, that student athletes have really busy schedules already. Mm -hmm. So if they sign for some of these NIL deals, are they also saying that they're going to like be there for certain promotional times? I mean, is this also going to be another job for them? Yeah, that's a great point, because to that, previously, prior to the NIL changes, a student athlete already basically had two full-time jobs. You had your um, athletic requirements, your practice, competition, preparing for that. Then aside from that, you were a full-time student. You also had to keep your academics up. And your academic requirements were already at a higher standard than the normal student, just from a standpoint of progress towards degree, maintaining eligibility after each semester. Um, within your classes to even be eligible to compete. So you add that element as a student athlete, then you accompany that with NIL. Now you add a third full-time job, essentially, when wow. you look at it. So now your time demand, so to what you were just saying, yes, if you have a deal with a business, local business, or um, being an ambassador on social media, well, now you got to set aside your time demands for that. So now are, is, is there going to be a time of day where you sit down and do all of your social media posts or go for your appearances or sign autographs or what, whatever demands that, you, that it is that you sign into a deal with? So, yeah, that, that kind of adds, a, adds yeah. a whole nother component to being a student athlete. So listen up. For this is for our student athletes out there because I think a lot of athletes are very interested in, of course, right? Absolutely. Um, these deals that could possibly be out there. But I, it's important to me. You guys know the full picture. Like what are you actually getting into? Um, earlier, Justin, we were talking about a little bit about Okay, yeah, it seems nice. You're getting all these pricey, sometimes benefits, but that you also will have to pay taxes at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this, these are great opportunities for student athletes. We want to see our student athletes take advantage of these opportunities that are given. We want to provide the resources. We want to be there for them in every aspect as far as helping them maintain their their time demands and setting them up for success for while they're a student athlete, but more importantly for life after student athlete, whether it's going pro or you find a full-time job and you get to find a job in your career. So um, going back, yes, once you have these deals, there are other implications that you may not really think about from the financial literacy standpoint of 
yeah, just something simple like receiving product trade for a post on social media. Like you don't really think about the taxes after the fact. So different states have different laws. You you're technically going to be self-employed. So you got federal tax laws, you got your self-employment tax laws, you got your state tax laws. So is that then something, does that equate to an amount that has to be reported on taxes? Um, If you are receiving something of very high value, uh, we know student athletes around the country in certain sports may have, the entire team may have car dealership deals where they're provided a vehicle for the year or for their entire time in college. So if you're receiving a leased vehicle or whatever promotion that may be, well, at the end of the year, you're going to receive tax forms that you're going to have to put file taxes and you know you're then paying the taxes on those items so if you if you're given a seventy thousand dollar vehicle to drive around for the year you can expect that you're going to be paying taxes on that at the end of the year so so and i guess my question is you know who is really coaching teaching informing these student athletes about all of this or is it something that can kind of blindside them um if they're not prepared and don't have someone who's helping them with that yeah, very much. If, if we're not proactive and we're not trying to educate and provide the resources for our student-athletes, yeah, it will be a blindside uh, come the end of the year, and hopefully we will never have to see a situation where someone, by law, evades taxes, um, and then you actually have the IRS coming after you, but um, it could be as serious as that. But more more so is, hey, these are the resources that are available. We got great resources on campus during tax time. Any student, faculty member can go have their taxes done for free So through the College of Business. So taking advantage of opportunities like that, awesome. you can then take your earnings or your uh, NIL deals through the year and go see if that's something you need to be reporting on taxes. You may you may also already have a, a part-time job or something outside in which you're going to receive a W-2, but those are things to really think about, and we hope to provide enough resources and education and be proactive in the sense that this won't catch up with our student-athletes, but just, just inform so, them. So, okay, here on Southeastern's campus, are you the guy? Are you the man? Like if, for if most st- <laughs> questions. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, so, you know, when you're looking at, and also I know um, I've done a little bit of research. It, interesting to me that even high school athletes can get NIL deals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at um, making sure that when you look at that contract, that it's kosher, right? That it's right. that you're not signing away your future, and really almost um, wanting someone with a legal mind, even an attorney, to look at it before you sign on the dotted line. Yes, absolutely. And we see companies out there uh, that do take advantage of student athletes. Uh, I'm not going to put anyone on blast here um, <laughs> and go down that, but there are companies, and there are some major lawsuits out there currently for companies taking advantage of student athletes just for example a there's a lawsuit going on with a professional athlete now 
from an NIL opportunity, representation opportunity that this company signed with this student athlete years ago that they had snuck in some fine print and information in there to where, and this has apparently been more common than you would think, but they have language in the contract that then you as the athlete owe this company half of your future earnings if you turn pro or on if you continue your athletic career. So then in one particular instance lawsuit, this professional athlete had signed a very lucrative um, major league contract that then now they're going back suing because now this athlete owes half of what he just signed for back to this company. And wow. so you, you can really you can really be taken advantage of, especially young. I mean, at the end of the day, we're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds and yeah. at, you know, that early on, and you may be able to speak to this a little more, but your, your frontal lobe is still developing at that time, right? That's like right. your, your right. cognitive, you're, you're still developing and you're not able to make the best decisions or really think clearly in some, some standpoint uh, on these decisions and your behavior at the time. So um, that goes back to the, those contracts that you're l looking at. If, you, if it's something very lucrative like that, you definitely want to have someone look at. You can have it as a student athlete. You can have an NIL agent. Um, you know, we have resources on, on campus that we can try to help out the best, but you don't want to be in those situations being taken advantage of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hallie, you kind of made a face at me. With, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just, like, scary. I mean, no, I mean, I still feel, like, so young, obviously, and, like, the thought of just, like, co big companies like that being able to take advantage of young student-athletes when they don't know any better is, like, oh, my goodness, like, that's kind of terrifying. And you just have to be very cautious, I guess, as how you go about it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, you know, looking at it from that perspective, um, I guess from my perspective as a mental health professional and working with student athletes that already feel a tremendous amount of pressure mm -hmm. um, regarding performance and their schedules and um, you know learning how to juggle all of that and still feel like you know they're making the mark and they're successful it's tough already and so we're mm -hmm. talking about really adding a whole nother layer and I think that it's going to take a lot of support for people to stay well mm -hmm. as they navigate yeah. this, um, which again, it could be great, right? Because it's, you know, money's it's great. great. Opportunities, yeah. yes. Opportunity's great, but with opportunity, sometimes, you know, there comes a additional pressure mm -hmm. um, or demand. And yeah. so I think that being able to weigh the cost is really important. Because yeah. to your point, I mean, how much stress and anxiety does social media already play a role in just your normal everyday usage? When you accompany that with now you're trying to build a brand for yourself, now you're trying to be active on there, you're trying to grow your following, um, now that adds to the layer because you make yourself more available um, say you do have NIL opportunities and deals for promoting a brand, promoting products on social media, you, you know, you're going to be required to post frequently, um, be active, engaging on social media. So that social media in itself is already an added um, anxiety and already added pressure. So then you add that into it. Now 
you start growing your following, you start building your brand. Now you have other individuals, fans, um, people in the community, people you've known that, that follow you are now engaging with your every aspect. Wow. You, you post on, you know, you, you're in a game and, um, you know, you miss a shot or you have something now, you have someone scrutinizing you on social media. So how do you block out the negative factors right. and just look at that? So it's, it's right. added and there's a lot of, a uh, lot that f- comes with that. Kind of being yeah. under a microscope is what, you know, yeah, it seriously. feels like to me. And the more, when you talk about, you know, building and you've got more and more and more people f- looking at you, if you will, um, then you've got more and more voices <laughs> having mm-hmm. an opinion. And I, I think you really would have to it, have really good, healthy boundaries and the ability to block out the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a lot of mental toughness, which, I mean, athletics you know, requires a level of mental toughness, but it's going to be a whole other layer. Mm-hmm. Yes, which, yeah, mental toughness, that's a... Uh, you know that that term we know as as athletes, former athletes, especially um, back in the day, you have to you have to be mentally tough. And now that has kind of evolved very very differently. Um, I think these days of, of being mentally tough, um, whether that's the the right term for it or not, but now you really have to think, engage, be think a little differently with that. And mm-hmm. how do you do? You need to step aside. Do you need to have days off? of social media do you need to like how do you I mean and I don't have it's not the same for me as it may be for you um Allie but you know you maybe you can speak to a little more of that do you do you feel pressures from social media do, do I mean not as much I I feel like a little bit I feel like there always is just like I don't know social media has just gotten out of hand I think it's kind of crazy so it's like there's always pressure on it and like what you post and what you put out there and how you present yourself to the public and then can you imagine on top of that having like some sort of deal and everybody watching you in that aspect like yeah I don't know just I thought about when you were talking earlier about like just the pressure of all this um one of our teammates has a smaller like NIL deal and she like gets she's super busy with school and she works and practice and waits and so all these things pile up and then the end of the month we're all hanging out she's like oh my goodness, like I have not made my post. I haven't done all these things for the company. And then she starts like freaking out. And it's like, that just seems pretty heavy at times, just like a lot. Like it might not seem like, oh, just making a few posts here and there or doing this or that and getting whatever in return. But it's like, wow, that's actually a lot, a whole other thing added into your schedule and just can be pretty hard to handle, it seems sometimes. So, yeah. A whole other job. Yeah, A full-time job that you have to then look at doing and make sure you're, um, following whatever guidelines or mm-hmm. what you've agreed to in your terms of your contract because then if you agree to something, especially a written contract, mm-hmm. and you don't abide by the terms of that, now are you looking at potentially being sued for breach of contract? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then uh-huh. you start go- opening up a whole another can of worms and start going down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So the added pressures are true, um, are very, very real. Um, because in addition to, like you said, with friend working, already working a part-time job, then you got practice and weights, and you got to prepare for games, and you are a full-time student, and you want to have a social life, <laughs> and you want to go out yeah. and you know be engaged in the community or um, 
clubs or organizations on campus like where do you you know there's only so many hours in a day (laughs) and so many days in a week so where where are you fitting that in so hopefully you know time management comes into the picture of being you know hopefully being very well at managing your yeah I think you know one of the things you talked about is we go in and we try to talk to I know like I go in and talk to all the teams about topics that are pertinent and important right maybe things that NCAA have mandated (laughs) well and now that we're talking about this (laughs) since this is an NCAA thing they may just mandate that we do training for our student athletes regarding financial literacy and you know um, health, mental health and, you know, time management and all of these things because it, it is adding another layer. I have a, a question regarding, and I can't think of the term, so a group of businesses come together and they form like um, – a corporation or it's got a Thinking term collective a collective mm-hmm. yeah. they form a collective and then explain to me how that works yeah a collective <laughs> yeah um in the in the general sense a, a collective is a group of donors alumni boosters fans supporters of an institution that will get together, create a an organization, third party, as, away from the institution. So it's unofficially, officially part of the university. So they're being a third party, they're, they're not part of the university, not ran by the university, not organized um, by the university. But the idea of the collective is to come together to streamline NIL deals. So a lot of times when you hear collective and what you may see in the mass media and on social media is that these collectives come together and just pull money together to pay student athletes or to pay certain recruits to come to certain schools. And that is not the case or should not be the case um, when you start talking recruiting inducements the 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 collective nor boosters should be involved in recruiting at all the idea for that and and you know you can things grow you get rule changes things happen and then you have certain individuals that start trying to figure out loopholes take advantage of certain rules so what kind of started as oh well this will be a great way to pull funds let's streamline some NIL opportunities. We're all local business owners in, in the local community. Let's let's get together and get student athletes for to promote our businesses, to have NIL opportunities. But what it quickly turned into was, well, now this is starting to borderline be pay for play. Well, you start seeing things on social media. Oh, every student athlete at X school, you come here, you're going to get $5,000, you know, minimum NIL deal um, a year or a semester. But in return, an NIL deal, keep in mind, is you're, you're an influencer per se. So there is an exchange, a quid pro quo there for an exchange of funds for a service provided. So there's still that component that is, is very, um, very important there to maintain or else then it does just become a pay for play. And we've seen some major cases, you know, pop up where prospective student athletes recruits sign with certain schools and are claimed to have multi-million dollar NIL deals lined up for them 
And so they sign with a school, and then all of a sudden these opportunities fall through once they get on campus or realize mm -hmm. that, okay, well, maybe that NIL deal isn't exactly what they said it was going to be or what you thought it was, and then, well, now I want to release. I want out of, out of this school. I don't want to come to this school because I thought I was getting this. Now I'm going somewhere else. So you see things like that pop up, and, and then that creates just more... Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of the wild, wild west a little bit in that, you know, we're looking at the transfer, transfer rules, you know, yeah. having changed recently. And um, I just I look at coaches and I think, oh, wow, you know, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> because now, you know, to be competitive, we have to have this money. We have to have collectives that back our university that are going to help us because and it comes down to competition because that's what athletics is all about. That's what sports is supposed to be about, right? Yep. And I was in reading and doing some of my research. I also read like we're in a conference. So the teams we play are not only from Louisiana, but I read that there are different rules in different states. Yep. And so it's not an even playing field. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yep. So, and that was kind of the birth of the NIL. We saw, I believe California was the, was the first one to create some NIL rules um, or laws per, rather for their state. And then you start seeing other states create their own NIL laws for them. Some states allow high school students to um, partake in NIL opportunities. Some don't. Some had limitations on how much you could earn as a student athlete. So every state was operating on different rules at the time. So it depended on where you were a student athlete, what school and what state you were, um, and then to I guess what what rules you were to abide by and so knowing that and everyone was creating different ones and then you end up with a situation where you know some states are more beneficial for student athletes right. some are not so then you start getting your um, your local involvement with uh, that want to now change rules because well now when they set their rule they didn't realize that someone was someone else was going to make it a little more loose if you will so and it's like well now we need to amend our rules or laws and so then it created this whole thing so now I mean we're in a place where every state is pretty much operating on different laws and a different set of rules so there has been uh, from our, our new NCAA president Charlie Baker has been you know, trying to stay in touch with Congress, get some federal bills out there, get some move there to have a national standard um, or federal law in place. Um, but for now, yeah, every every state's a little differently. So you wow. got to not only know your state laws and, you know, where if you're coming from out of state, like, you know, it may be one thing there. It's something else here when you get to Louisiana. Right. And for us, we've got to, you know, we compete with Texas and Arkansas and like other states. Yep. And so we want, you know, yep. we got to be able to, to get in there. And so I do hope that there is um, some kind of stabilization that happens. Yeah, it definitely affects recruiting. And, and like you said, I, I don't envy the coaches. Um, everything is so fluid now. And, you know, every time I turn around there, there's a new rule change, something's changing, and, you know, we're updating our coaches as quickly as possible and letting them know almost weekly, like, hey, this is this is now a change. This, w this was the rule last week. Well, now it's this. So yeah. wow. now make sure you're looking at this instead of that. And, 
and then you add in yeah the the recruiting the nil stuff now you got collectives like it's a it's a it's a new world in college athletics and either you figure out how to adapt and go and go with it and learn as you go or you fall way behind yeah, and I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, all of us sitting in this room, we don't want to fall behind, right? We want to win. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, sure. you know, that's, that's the fun of it. We want to <laughs> win. We're going for those conference rings. We want those championships, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, um, it's important. And so definitely, um, wow, lots of information. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. We, you could probably carry this conversation for an entire entire day or for an entire series of the podcast and hit a different topic each day and dive very deep. But um, so what would you say then that, that saying that what do you think are maybe just your top things to you that are important for our athletes to know regarding NIL? Well, first and foremost, it's not just an NCAA rule when we when we talk about disclosure. It is a state law that if you do have an NIL deal, even something as simple as product trade, you, you promote a product on social media. They send you they send you product in the mail. Product Some, like doggy treats. Exactly, like doggy treats. Tennis shoes. Uh, yep. Any anything it can be anything. Free food at Murphy. It can be free food. It can be very nominal value items. Yeah, free food, gift okay. cards, like anything that okay. you receive for a service that you provide um, does need to be disclosed. Now we have, and luckily, I mean we're in we're in we're pretty fortunate from the standpoint of we have software and we are an influencer school, so we have software available to our student athletes um, for all of this, but one, state law, know that you do need to disclose that information. Um, And then, and two, more so, with the software that we have through Influencer, there there are ways to, like, we want to help build your brand, so the reason we partnered with them is they offer some really cool things through their software that if you really wanna start building a brand for yourself, you can you link all your socials you start tracking all your data all your metrics see how much engagement you're getting see your followers see your demographics like there's so much like you can really dive into for those that really want to build a brand for themselves set themselves up for uh, for success afterwards so um more importantly the the disclosure part and and to knowing that you can we don't see our student athletes all the time. We try to get out to all the events we can. We have our beginning of the year meetings with them. We meet with them in the spring too, but knowing where to come for that we are a resource on campus. We're not just the um, people making sure you abide by the NCA rules. Yes, that's the major aspect of it, but we are a resource and you can come and ask, be, straightforward with anything that you need help with and and we're there to for the benefit of our student athletes because without our student athletes there's no reason for us to have a job we're we're not doing this without our student athletes so you're talking about the compliance office the compliance Mm -hmm. office located in the academic center in west stadium um you can you can come see us there anytime and we'll be glad to help with anything that you may have okay yeah i think maybe for another show um Really looking at, you know, how does this, or Hallie, I mean, this is something for you to kick around. And, well, just even 
briefly for your team. So you have a teammate that has an NIL deal, right? Yes, ma'am. How does that affect team cohesion? How does that affect, like, um, the uh, you know, the idea that, you know, there's no I in team? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not about your it's not about you it's about mm-hmm. us as a team um how do you see that or has it impacted i mean for our team it's been great honestly because like i said she has like the um, exchange where you post and you get something in return so for our team she kind of <laughs> likes to get us in like practice or a pregame and like get us all together and hold whatever it is and be like Oh, like our team's using it, whatever, kind of like including everybody. So it's not really me. This is all about me. This is what I'm getting or benefiting. It's like I'm using it and like this is my team and this is how we all like it, whatever. So it's like it's been great for us, but I could definitely see where maybe for other people they get maybe a big head or like, oh, this is I'm so much better (laughs) than all of you guys because I have this. But for us, I mean, it's been great, honestly, no problem with it. So inclusion, much like you see in professional sports when – the quarterbacks buy their offensive linemen all Christmas presents, right? Because they are the ones getting the very lucrative deals, right? And maybe their offensive linemen are not. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they take care of them during Christmas time. Same aspect in college. I know I've seen a few instances where some student athletes maybe had some NIL deals with, say, Beats headphones or something like that. And like, yeah, I'm going to get my entire team these headphones. So little things like that do go a long way, just as you spoke to, like when you're inclusive and include your teammates and, hey, thank you all for doing what you do. Without you, I wouldn't be as good as I am or or get these opportunities. So that's awesome. That's sure. awesome. So yeah. an- another perspective, because you read a lot in the media and then like, oh, my goodness, how is this going to mm-hmm. affect, right, the team environment? So it's really about the the athlete with the deals mm-hmm. being um, healthy and mindful yes, about sure. including the team. That's oh, lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. Right. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you think is super important for today? Uh, not that I can recall. We covered a lot of a lot of ground, a lot of information. Yeah. Uh, almost an overload. If you're listening, don't want to bombard you with too much information, but there is a lot more to be had, and a lot more to learn, and a lot more to figure out as we go. And hopefully, you know, we're still in this situation where things are changing very rapidly, and so we try to just get the information out as it as it comes and and keep everyone informed yeah so i think super important remember to you know um because as justin said things are always changing be sure that you um you know run this information or if you're looking at a deal or whatever bring it by the compliance office they are a great resource and they can connect you to others in the community if they feel like you need a lawyer to look at it yeah. or if you need a CPA when it, yeah, you know exactly. looking at taxes so you know they're your they're a great resource for you guys so be sure that you use them yeah. mm-hmm. yep anytime uh, can reach all of our informations on the website too linesports.net um, our emails, phone numbers, all of that, you, you can reach out via phone, email, or stop by the office, any of that. All right. All right, y'all, thanks so much for this great conversation about NIL, and I think it's probably not going to be the last one. Um, <laughs> and let's just have a great day in Lion Nation. Line up. Thank Line you. up.